the coronavirus has infected most of Europe and most of the uh, United States, and it's affecting Eurovision. And yeah, we have coronavirus news, and we have the first half of the first semifinal on this episode of the Song Dance Podcast. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Okay. So yeah, uh, coronavirus has affected Eurovision um, plans. Um, the uh, coronavirus has the delegations from uh, Sweden, Israel, and the executive supervisor of Eurovision to attend at the head of delegations meeting via um video or Skype and if you follow um Eurovision then you know that Denmark had to um broadcast their um their national final behind closed doors which was weird to see on a um broadcast you don't know how much a audience is needed for a live event competition <laughs> until you see just no one there no one is there it seems like they're broadcasting a um rehearsal it's so weird i don't know it, it yeah, yeah it's totally true we watched the competition and it was very odd, like how much you even just rely on audience participation for cues or like to show support for certain songs. So it felt very odd to watch this um, final in Denmark and be like, have these wide shots of empty seats and um, like have no clapping or anything. The things that you normally associate with the atmosphere of a final were like totally missing from that perspective. And so it was really, really odd. Yeah, it was. Um, I felt sorry for the host to, um, you know, they they uh, rehearsed all their lines for like weeks, and all the like how many seconds they have to wait for the uh, laughter to go through, where there was no laughter, but they still waited for like five seconds. Yeah, they really stuck to their cues, which was awkward at times because there would be a, like a dramatic pause where insert audience applause or audience laughter was supposed to be. So, Yeah, and I don't know why. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why the uh, broadcaster didn't have, like, fake canned laughter. I mean, it would have been more weird if they had that, but... Yeah, they so for certain moments, they did have a clap track, so basically, like, fake uh, applause that they like could insert. Play, um, like a... Applause at the end of the songs, right? Um, and then for certain parts of the performance, like when the when they were first leading in, um, they did these long dramatic shot where they were entering the stadium, oh, yeah. and there was applause that you could hear from the outside. And then only as you get inside, you realize it's all fake because every seat is empty. Um, so yeah, I, I imagine there was a lot of production difficulty trying to decide what to do and possibly reframing uh, like camera shots they were going to do so they didn't highlight it as much. Um, but it, it felt very surreal 
as we were watching it because there was no one there except for the performers and what looked like a core orchestra in the pit. Yeah, um, and that might be a backup plan for Eurovision if they the uh, Dutch government says, you know, we can't have this many people in one space. So that may be Eurovision in May. So It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, it's two months out. Um, yeah, uh, two months out, 64 days until Eurovision. 64 days, 23 hours, 17 minutes, and about 40 seconds. Wow. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye out. Pandemics are super unpredictable, so it may very well affect the Eurovision final contest. Yeah. Um, I know there's a like plan uh, C if the delegations don't want to go to the Netherlands, they can broadcast their song via um, Skype or video uh, from their studios wherever they are. So it would... That would be interesting, um, especially if some uh, um, studios have a uh, studio audience and some don't. So it's going to be interesting if that plan happens. Yeah, I'm assuming they will make the plans with a lot of advance notice. Yeah. So at very least, they'll have the benefit of having time to build in um, like B-roll and other things to supplement the performance. So maybe it's a little less awkward than just having these wide shots of empty seats, whether it's plan B or C. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you don't know how much a uh, live show depends on the um, audience just being there, just being there, just having a body in the room. Well, and it's all about building like sort of a like engagement. Like that's why live sports are so much more fun yeah. than watching it um, via TV is because like you have other people there who are excited. And even seeing that, I guess, on a screen is more exciting than <laughs> seeing something being performed for like no people. You know, um, that would if that uh, plan B or C happens, that would be a uh, interesting uh, ex. Experience. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, we go to the uh, first half of the first semifinal, not counting um, Russia, which hasn't released their song, and um, North Macedonia released their songs about ten, um, five minutes before I, um, after I, f- f- um, finalized the prep, so. We can do that next episode. Anyway, um, first up we have Australia with um with uh Montaigne with Don't Break Me. It's sung uh it's sung in English and right now from our friends at um Eurovision World, um they have a one uh, percent chance of winning the whole thing. Um they don't they don't have the odds for just the semifinal, so we just have who is winning the whole thing. So uh, Australia has a one percent chance in a field of forty-one countries. It's it's not low, but it's not high either. 
Yeah, it's not great chances, but like having just watched, God, was Denmark? Yeah. Like the ha- having just watched Denmark's percentages like bounce back, or Sweden's percentages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. So having just watched Sweden's uh, like odds uh, bounce back and forth and then had an unexpected win, I'm a little bit skeptical at this point, especially because we don't have all of the songs yet. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it's not terrible, but... We'll have to wait and see to see what the actual odds are once we know more. Hopefully, yeah. Um, hopefully, they uh, get the odds for each semifinal and who is going to qualify. But um, a little information about Australia. Um, they've been in this contest since 2015. Won second place in 2016. Um Right now, they have a a one hundred percent qualification um, record. They went through the uh, semifinal and not bowed um, out, so that's good for them. Right now, they have a uh, record of being in the top ten out of the five times participate in the final. Uh, four of them were in the top ten, so I think. It's good to say that um, Australia has, they know what makes Eurovision go and who, what songs people will vote for. Um, And a little information about Montaigne. Um, She is 24 and she has been an artist since. Uh, for the past few years, but she is a uh, major name in the uh, Australian music or the Australian indie music scene. Um, she has won multiple awards, um, including um, Best Breakout Artist. Um, so, based on all that, before we hear the song, do you think um, she has a chance for it? Based on that that information, do you think she'll put, put on a, a good show in in May? I mean, it seems like, I mean, every anytime they've, or she has chosen to participate, she has succeeded and gotten to the finals most of the time. Um Australia is quite good, even though they're newer to the contest at picking things that will be successful or at least make it a high scoring at Eurovision. Um, and it was interesting, just based on what I saw, um, she has a great voice, interesting look. Um, the choreography was really interesting, definitely like made sense with the song. Um, so I think it's totally possible that it'll be a good performance at the final contest. Yep. Um she describes uh, there's her song "Don't Break Me" as a description of of the um, enough is enough phase of the relationship break um, the break breakdown. I can't talk. Um, where one person feels like they're putting much more time and energy and resources into the frustration than the other person. And becomes frustrated and uh, resentful. So here is Don't Break Me from um, Montaigne. Don't break me. 
I had lyrics here where I was going to have you read the lyrics as we did in the junior Egyptian um, episode. So, so dramatic reading time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. <clears throat> Isn't love a compromise? Two people trying to keep the fire burning. You've been busy playing around and starting fights while I've been busy earning Based on those lyrics, that explains the whole th song in those, uh, yeah, just the lyrics just explains the whole song. Right yeah, it's a there. good snippet. Yeah. So now we go on to Belarus. Bell um, singing the Vina is sung in Belarusian. And also has a one percent chance of uh, winning the whole thing, uh, the whole thing. Um, again, it we don't know about the semifinal just itself, just all, all of Eurovision. Um, so that's a one percent chance. Um, about a um, bit about uh, Belarus. They've been in this contest since two thousand fourteen. Their results have um, varied. They, it's all it's a in a in like a yo-yo effect for um, Belarus. They qualify for the final, and other other years they don't. Um, out of um, six, um, only six qualifications, and only one top ten. That was in 2017. Um, Val, the artists are, are a uh, duo consisting of, of, of a uh, couple, Val and uh, Bat, um, Val and Vlad. Um, they experiment with genres such as a uh, house, R&B, um, pop, and hip hop. Um, do you think Belarus has a uh, chance to make it to the final or just make an impact in May? Sure. I mean, this is a striking song in a few ways. Um, I mean, there's a breathy quality to uh, Valerie's singing voice that is uh, distinct from other entries. And they have really like simple, striking choreography that focuses on hand gestures. Um, so it's actually quite dramatic um, and a little bit minimalistic. Um, and I could definitely see the genres that they play around with sort of coming out in the song. So I definitely think it could be an interesting entry. Um, yeah, there's a um, lyric for you to read. So I'm doing it first. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Oh, I did not stay a girl for long. My youth passed me by. 
Oh, how early, oh, so early did you bloom my white rose and to whom? And that was um, the song, but we have the uh, audio version for you. Um, Better than mine. Yep. I'm sure in May there's gonna be audience members who already know the uh, car, the uh, dance. Oh, sure, I could see that being very memeable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In my opinion, um, just the uh. It's a an okay song. Um, I like the uh, the uh, breakdown of um, the uh, dance breaks. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the only um, catchy part of the song to me. Oh really? Was yeah. The aesthetics. Yeah. I mean, certainly it did make up. Like it was the sort of a catching quality, especially because they, for the most part, were minimalistic, and then when they use their whole body to make movements it made it all the more impactful so i could see that being something um but yeah i think it's interesting yep um belarus is trying to um make a uh, splash and uh in your vision um in in may um so now we have ireland the singer is Leslie Roy, and the song is Story of My Life, sung in English, and she also has a 1% chance of winning the whole thing for now, for at the time of recording. If you've been following um, Eurovision for a while now, you know that they, um, Ireland has been a powerhouse in the 90s, winning the contest four times just in the 90s and winning three times in a row from uh, 1992 to 1994. They won seven times in the uh, 60, 60 years of uh, Eurovision. But now, like the UK, since 2000, their results have um, buried. They got last place three times, twice in the final and last year in the semi-final. Unfortunately, they're not like the uh, UK. They don't go to the final, um, just straight to the final. Now, uh, Leslie is a singer-songwriter from uh, Dublin. She says she splits her time between her homes in Ireland and the U.S., she had a uh, album in 2008 called Unbeautiful. Is that a word or might be? I don't hear it commonly said. I can't tell you for sure, but I think if I tried to enter it into Microsoft Word, it would probably tell me it's not a thing. Yeah. So now we have the uh, lyrics of, um, what's the song? Of um, Story of My Life. <clears throat> Then they said, you're almost perfect, but you talk too much. Ha! 
Try and dumb it down a little. Make sure that you're in the middle. Rock it all you want, but make it pop enough. <laughs> Here's a story of my life. The first comment that comes to mind is early 2000s. You said uh, pink? Yeah, it definitely has pink vibes from that like early 2000s era. Yeah, it's you said it's um, pink if she's not allowed to swear. Yes. <laughs> it has a, a familiar um, feeling. Um, I think she's going to go um, to the final um, from her semifinal. I would be surprised if, if she doesn't pink it to the final and if the when the results um, are released that they get like bomb like two or three. Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely has, like you said, a very familiar feel. Um, but I think part of the problem is like it has a lot of poppy, upbeat vibes, but it's also a very well-tread genre, sort of this like empowerment, like girl empowerment um, type song with that particular um, like beat. And so I, I worry that it's just not like distinct enough to really distinguish itself. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't expect Ireland to be in the top five of their semifinal. I think they're, they're going to just squeak on by like 10th or 9th. If they're at 10th, I'm I'm sure that they're going to be, ooh, they're going to squeak by like by five points or something. The head of the uh, Irish delegation said, um, as he, they were hyping up the song, he said, the song is as good as Euphoria. I'm not sure. <laughs> So you don't think that it's going to be a um, record beater for um, points or something? I I don't think so. I could be wrong. I've been shown to not be very good at predicting the winners. But uh, I, I don't think so, no. I mean, like I said, Ireland has a uh, 1% chance right now for, for from uh, the odds makers. But who knows? Um we saw in um, Sweden, all goes down the uh, drain when uh, on the night. So now we have uh, the uh, second uh, favorite to win the whole thing. It's uh, Lithuania, the uh, group singing On Fire. It's sung in English, and now they have a uh, 11 um, percent chance of winning the whole thing. So there it's the second favorite. This the uh, favorite right now is the uh, is Iceland, which we will get into oof, about a month from now. I think they're in the second semifinal. So um, anyway, Lithuania has been in 
the contest since 1994, but they had um, bad luck. Bad luck. Um, they got last place with zero points. Thanks. Um, yeah. If that happened to me, if I was Lithuania, I would just go, okay, it's not for me, and just not participate for like 20 years since the uh last place in 1994 they have only caught gone um two top 10 results the their highest placing was sixth place in 2006 with we are the winners unfortunately they were not the winners <laughs> that's an ironic thing yeah. right there the roop the roop with a P, not a, uh, a uh, F. Yeah, I told you. I kept reading it. The roof is on fire. That would the be. Roof, the roof. <laughs> God, that would be a uh, excellent title of a, a song. Just the uh, roof is on fire. But it's the roop. Roop. It's a three-member band. Um, they describe their music as. A mix of pop, rock, and uh, indie. And yeah, um, people love this song. As I said, they are the uh, second favorite to win. Um, but they in their national final, they won by a, um, I would say, a landslide. They uh, got 34,000 more points than the uh, second second place um, song the uh, band describes the song as it relates to being in a state of uh, excitement feeling passionate and and if drives and full of of uh, energy on that description we you would think it would be a uh, just a pop song like island but it's not it's more indie, so indie, but um, even the uh, lyrics are strange and indie. Um, yeah, take away. There's no doubt I'm strong enough to reach the state I've dreamed of. It's going to happen, and I will do what I can just to be a better man. The heat is getting higher. Yep, and here's the uh, roop with uh, On Fire. The heat is getting higher. That dance break. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the sheer memeability of all of their dance moves. It's clear that they put a lot of thought into like quirky movements. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it has like, it's spread really far. I, I tend to keep myself a little bit separate from uh, like a lot of the songs that are coming out. I wait to listen to them so that we can listen to them together while we're reviewing things. But I had to listen to this song because I saw it so much on Reddit. <laughs> I was like, I have to see what all this is about. Do you think they uh, are earning the uh, second favorite spot? 
I mean, in this case, it it's definitely an earworm. Like, I can see people, like, really getting behind it. But I also think, in some cases, the recognizability that they now have is really going to play in their favor. Um, because it's already, like, really streamed online and people are already listening to it, clearly. Yeah. Uh, so I, I can definitely see why they have an advantage in the odds. Yeah. Um, they have a 11% uh, 11, uh, 11 chance, but then... Um, the one above um, Iceland has a 12% chance. And um, just yesterday, I think they switched. So it's it's a fight. It's a it's going to be a showdown um, between uh, Iceland and Lithuania. Have they released? So they haven't released the Iceland song yet. No, we listened to that yesterday. That was uh... that uh, R&B bunk. Got it. Yeah. The guy with the long hair. Yes. Yeah. Not your uh, songwriter, but the the Icelandic guy, not the Swedish guy with the long hair. Yeah, I think based on th- these odds and the um, hype around the fans, I think they're going to easily make it through their semifinal. Um I know. Um, history has taught us that it could be a uh, showdown between uh, the top two favorites, but um, who knows? Um, I think they're guaranteed a uh, a uh, top ten. I think they're gonna break their um, highest um, highest placing. Um, I think we are the winners are not gonna be the winners of. Um, Lift through in his highest placing anymore in May. So, all right, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> now, oh god. Yeah. Now we have um, Slovenia. It's Anna with a uh, boda, and it's sung in a Slovani. I think that's how you pronounce it. But she is dead last in the um, odds makers to win the whole thing. She has a less than 1% chance to actually win the whole thing. Which is sad, but after hearing the song for this first time like 20 minutes ago, I can see it. Um, I kind of disagree. (laughs) I mean, I don't see it necessarily coming up like at the top. Compared to some of the other songs. But I think probably the thing that's working against it is that it is just a different genre than a lot of the other songs. And so I'd be interested to see how they compare once we have more of a formal competition. Do you think um, that Ireland is going to place above them or below them? I mean, it's tough to say. The, The Irish song has a lot of the things that you associate with a popular Eurovision song. Um, at the same time, this is like a, it's a ballad. The one from Slovenia is like a, a ballad that is like slower in beat. It has like orchestra like playing behind it, um, which actually has done okay in past years. Um, and compared like, I, I just, I think it's more distinctive than some of the other songs, which um, I've noticed even have similar beats 
Yeah. Like I, I specifically identified the backbeat in Australia's song um, from Montaigne as having like basically the same beat as Attention from Denmark. Uh, Norway. Or Norway, sorry. Um, Because when I first started listening to the song, I was like, wait, I've heard this. No, I haven't heard this. (laughs) Uh, And like, I'm not saying that that makes this necessarily better. But I think after a point, if you start hearing similar songs, you start looking for like a palate cleanser. True. Yeah. Depends on where the, I think it all depends on where the uh, producers place the song in the running order. Um, I think based on the past like three years, I think it's going to go like second or like third. You know, as you said, it they they know that the audience needs a uh, a, a, a cleanser. So it's going to go like kind of in the middle of the first half of the seminar final, I think. Um, it's not going to go first as as much as I wanted to, just to get out of way, <laughs> the, the way, it's not gonna go first. Um, yeah, you have to start with an upbeat song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think um, Belarus is gonna have that one. About the artist, um, Anna, we find her um, musical skills uh, at a uh, opera and jazz academy before she started to write her own music. So. That's all the information I got from uh, her or the uh, internet um, on the uh, official uh, Eurovision site. They don't have a lot. Yeah, they don't have a, a lot on her, which is sad, but this song is even sadder. So, um, yeah, there's uh, lyrics here. It goes on to the next page. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good note. You can hear the ticking of my mind. This restlessness. All that noise. Let them say what they want. As a nomad, you know well that the longest path is the one that leads from words to action. I have no words for the song. Let's, <laughs> yep, let's listen to it. Yeah. That's Slovenia's song. I kind of dig it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just really She has a like less than 1% chance of winning the whole, th- oh, the, uh, whole thing. That doesn't build um, well with their odds actually make it through to the final. Last year's uh, winning song was a ballad, so I think the European audience will look for a... Uh, a uh, catchy um, pop song like um, Lithuania or Iceland or I mean it's possible like one can never tell yeah um, Eurovision has a uh, history of uh, going from a uh, pop song winning to a ballad winning to another pop song to a ballad it's rare now to um, have like a ballad winning two years in a 
in a row. It's not weird to see a pop song winning two years in a row. And also, you know, um, all the countries, all the countries have a um, thing where if a ballot wins, they send a ballot to uh, next year. If a pop song wins, then they send send a uh, a ballot to uh, compete. So it's weird to uh, see so many pop songs in the um, first half of the first semifinal. Now we go to the uh, to uh, Sweden. Ooh, it's the bye. Mamas with "Move." It's sung in in uh, English. They have a um, four percent chance of winning, um, which is not bad. I mean, it had a, uh, I think, a ten percent chance um, the week leading up to the um, due to the uh, final of uh, Sweden's national final. Um, it's and all all. All week, um, I've s- sent you pictures of um, their odds. Every day, the odds changed. Every day, they um, rose in the odds to um, ultimately go into second place. Um, and on the night, the the um, favorite was Daughter with a Bulletproof. She had a 46% chance of uh, for um winning the uh, national final and um the mamas had a 20% chance and they were second but in, on the night daughter just dropped they were she was a um, 40% chance and then on the night she went to a uh, 23% chance of uh, winning the whole thing i don't know what happened i don't know what happened to on her um, performance? I that was weird to see see a favorite so um drop so much. Yeah, it was kind of interesting to see just the different percentages as we were going into the contest. Um, yeah, I don't know if something happened during the performance or immediately preceding it. Um, but yeah. I was super excited that the Bombas won, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, about a bit about uh, Sweden. Uh, they've been in this contest since 1958. Um, and has emerged as a powerhouse in recent years. They are one win away from a tying uh, Ireland 7. Since 2011, they have qualified to the final 100% of the time, aside from uh, 2013. Sweden has always been in the top 10. And uh, Sweden is a proud owner of of um, Euphoria. It's the most popular winning song. Um, I think that's the first song you... Eurovision song you heard like so many years ago. Well, no. <laughs> oh, well, Gina, you, you the, were still watching Eurovision when you first moved in. Yeah. Um, years before Euphoria. That was the one that I think was one of the first like 
resembling mainstream U.S. music at the time yeah. single that I heard. And one of the ones where I was first started like sitting down and watching the entire competition with you. Because yeah. before that, it would just be like highlights or you'd show me things on your laptop or things like that. So Okay, yeah. Um, Euphoria has the record of um, the most 12s. Only Italy was the only country that didn't vote for Euphoria. The Mamas were formed as um, backing singers to uh, last year's uh, Swedish um, song. The Mamas are consisted of um, Lulu, Ashley, and uh, Donna. Um, and yeah, it was a national final. Got exciting towards the end. The Mamas had uh, 72 um, votes from the public. Daughter needed, like, the host said um, daughter needed uh, 72 or 73 to win the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So it was exciting to the end. They won by one point. Um, daughter had uh, 71 points. So for your first uh, Mellow Fresh, that was the most exciting voting I had. You saw. Um I followed um, Mellow Fresh for like ugh, nine years, and it's most exciting I've seen it go. Yeah, it was pretty amazing because it was clear from the start they were both really, really close for the top. And so, like, just when you heard that daughter got 71 instead of 72, it was like, ah, there was like so much emotion at that moment. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Before we uh, go to the Mama song, what do you think about... It's your first Mellifrest, so what do you think about all the final of the um, national final like we saw yesterday? I mean, it, it was interesting. <laughs> I, I missed some of the ones that didn't make it all the way to the finals. <laughs> Um, at the same time, it was super interesting. So they had a slightly larger stage. So a few of them chose to update their choreography to include more backup dancers or to slightly change like the lighting on it. Um, I mean, it, it was super fun, very interesting. It didn't really differ too much from the preceding sort of semifinals in that like it had a lot of the same structure. Um, but overall, it was really good it was nice to see all these songs that came through and had passed through that entire process um i had my favorites In the mamas was on that list so i'm super super happy that they won were you surprised about how many people were there oh yeah like the stadium was huge when they had that first wide shot of all of the bodies it was like so many people I mean, it's the equivalent of, I guess, if you were in the U.S., like the Super Bowl stadium. Yeah, as I said, it's um, Melifrest is their Super Bowl. Yeah, it was kind of shocking because there were already so many people in the semifinals as compared to like um, Norway's finals where it felt much more contained and smaller, especially when they were doing the regional semis. Yeah, those were like, just in the studio audience. Right. Thing, yeah. So I, I sort of wasn't expecting to see like such a huge, huge stadium. 
Um, but it was super like exciting and cool. I'd feel sorry if you had any sensitivity to light when you were attending these competitions because oh, yeah. you were liable to get a laser in the eye. But <laughs> if you were the first five rows for dollars performance, <laughs> yeah. Um, the France Arena, the um, the arena for the final, is about for concerts, which it was um, 65,000 people can attend um, the most uh, the record attendance is like 58,000 but that was for a uh, a VG uh, tribute concert but yeah so like 50,000 people were there just to watch that um, yeah it's their Super Bowl um, if you ask Eurovision fans you know they they will say that the UK ha- needs to copy this. Um, do you think that UK interest is enough to copy what they do, what Swin does? I don't know. Like, there's a sort of like ironic buy-in to Eurovision that's a part of UK culture. Um, or I think like some people would be exciting and maybe some people would go to watch, I guess, ironically. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if it's a part of like the national identity in the same way that it is for Sweden. Yeah. You, you don't think that um, their national football stadium will be, be host to their um, national final concert thing? I don't know. <laughs> in the past like th- three years, in their um, UK's national final, it was a theater that sat like uh, two, three thousand people. But compared to um, Sweden, that's nothing. That's like a whole section of people in Sweden. I think that um, that UK fans are expecting a lot after watching Sweden do this well and has so many people attend their national final. Anyway, so we have the Imamas and like we have some lyrics, so take away. When eyes turn low, I'll guide you home. That's right. Damn right. (laughs) I've been finishing with a whisper. I don't know why. That almost sounds like you want to kill the person you're talking to. <laughs> I mean, it does have sort of out of context. I am death. <laughs> I will take you home now. I don't know. <laughs> now I want someone to go to the malls and have them do a, a a dramatic reading of their song. Yeah, I just want someone to do that. And they, I want to see if they almost would do it and see how much fun they would do do it. Um, because out of context, it sounds like a song that a, a serial killer song. <laughs> but when the Mamas perform it, it sounds like, well, it sounds like this. Oh, 
so much more upbeat. <laughs> we could have you read this whole song in that Sergei Keller way. Or not. <laughs> that could be um, a mini-sode of you just... <laughs> If we ever decide to put this on Patreon or something, yeah, maybe if we reach a certain mark, I'll just read entire songs on request. But no. <laughs> knowing Eurovision fans and knowing just the internet itself, they would have you read um, Eurovision you know, lyrics in the the original uh, language. Oof. Do you think you can uh, speak uh, speak uh, Russian? No, I would need somebody to like, I would need a voice coach. Because <laughs> even if you wrote it out phonetically, I'm sure I'd have trouble with some of the roles. Yeah, just uh, go to um, the Russian teacher at the university. <laughs> I don't think they want to waste their time with me. I feel like it's a lost cause. Yeah, Um. if I remember right, the... Uh, Russian is like one of the extra languages you can uh, learn, like Swedish. Yeah, I think so. I think the main languages are Spanish, French, Greek, German, and German, and something else. Portuguese. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We did it. Yeah, the first. Oh wow. And we actually got past an hour when we were recording. I feel so proud. Most of the. Uh, the like two minutes we have extra or me just screwing up um, words and not talking well. Anyway. It happens. Yeah. Um, so in two weeks, uh, we will have the second half of the first semifinal. Um, hopefully, um, we'll have the running order by then and we can do it in the running order. And also, we will have the um, North Macedonia song. Actually, like, all the research and then the song. Oh, yeah, Russia is... On, I don't know about Russia. I don't know. I, they have a artist. It's a viral artist. I know the, um, their song... One of their songs is a viral sensation with a the young kids and their TikToks, but no uh, song has been released yet. Interesting. Which is almost sad in, in, in a way, so. Well, hopefully they'll release it soon so we can talk about it. Yeah. Not, not like, keep everyone in suspense and, you know, have it release on like the week of the semifinal which is a uh, like a uh, pipe dream for uh, me if a country just releases the artist no word about the song until the week of the semifinal I don't know if that would work for them or work against them yeah because I feel like some of it like you need some momentum behind songs yeah I know that like I said, it's a uh, pipe um, dream. Also, a pipe dream would be that the country has no information about the song, 
or their artists. Um, in the uh, like, they asked all the uh, other countries to keep their uh, song and their uh, artists a uh, secret. So it'd be like totally new for the yeah. first set of finals before yeah. the f- the final final. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like so much of this is reliant on, like, participation in the country, yeah. like voting and stuff, that uh, it really, it'd be hard to keep the lid on it if they did wind up doing that. And if they forewent that, I think people would riot. I mean, if, if for some reason I become the uh, head of the uh, UK um, delegation, I would try so hard to convince a big um um artist like um Adele or um Ed Sheeran and then just keep the lid on it until the final. So you like want a version of the mass singer but in the like Eurovision yes. basically. Like have everyone wear big bobbleheads. Yeah. Actually yeah they um so that would be so amazing if they a uh, country did that um like if they release the artist like oh yeah here's the artist the um wildcat or something and it's just um it's just Adele in a wildcat costume <laughs> I mean it definitely have entertainment value and you know, on the final of uh, Eurovision, um, she shreds her mask and um, you know goes out there and performs her song without the mask, without the costume, and um, that would be so good. Well, I guess now you have a life goal <laughs> to uh become the head of delegation for the UK. That's right. Try so hard. It, I know the um the uh, head of the uh UK delegation now is I'm pretty sure they're also trying so hard to um bring a uh, big, big um artist in, but I will be successful. <laughs> That's your stump speech. Oh yeah. Um, so, um, next, uh, in the next episode, second half of the first semifinal, um, hopefully, um, Russia and, um, no, um, hopefully, um, Russia, um, releases their song, um, and, um, hopefully we have, a updated, uh, odds, um, maybe, um, Iceland won't be the favorite anymore in two weeks, so, and uh, hopefully, um, the cor- we'll have more news on Eurovision and the coronavirus. Um, so we will leave you now. Um, go e- eat lunch or whatever you're doing. Just eat food. Um, so that's the command. Yeah, consume food. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.